Hello, everybody, and welcome back to OMB Reviews. I am the critic who is a cynic, and how is everyone doing this evening? Welcome back to the Welcome to Asgard podcast, episode 352, where we are prepping for Friday Night Tights Dallas. I'll be traveling over to Texas on Thursday, getting in just in time, hopefully just in time, for the meetup event in Dallas. And then I will be in through Monday, heading back home on Monday, leaving in the early morning on both days, both towards and away from the Dallas area. So we'll talk a little bit about that tonight. Obviously, tonight, right after the show ends, in fact, we have the premiere of the Daily Wire's new film, the Gina Carano new film, Terror on the Prairie, so I'll probably try and check that out this evening. If not this evening, then definitely we'll be checking it out tomorrow, and uh, I'm pretty excited for it. I know that some people have been able to see it early and have talked about some of the issues that they noticed with the movie itself, and I will, just like anyone else, do the very best that I can to remain as objective as I can when watching and reviewing the film. Definitely will be reviewing the film. I just don't know exactly when I will be watching it. Um... Basically, if the wife is up to watch it, then we'll watch it tonight. And if not, then I'll probably have to just watch it by myself tomorrow. Anyway, before getting any further, though, please make sure you smash that like button. Light up that fire button if you're watching over on Odyssey. It does mean a lot. We are currently live on, of course, YouTube, live on Odyssey, live on DLive, and live on Twitter as well. Thank you all for being in the chat. G-Monkey, I was thinking the same exact thing. I was like, where in the world is everybody? This is kind of crazy. It's normally not this quiet right before a show. But then again, I know that there are a lot of people who are heading over to Dallas for the Friday Night Tights meetup. So I'm wondering if that's possibly a part of it. Uh, of course, the movie Terror on the Prairie is coming out later tonight. But again, that's not coming out until 8.30 Eastern time for that premiere. And other than that, can't think of other too many other things that are going on. I guess there might be some hockey games going on, potentially, some other sports games, but other than that, I'm not quite sure. But hey, G-Monkey, thank you for being here, and it looks like more and more people are uh, joining the chat as we go. Bruce, hail to you, good sir. Thanks for being here. We got EJ Pacific Paladin. What is going on? Thanks for being here. Sorry that you have to be listening from work, but I'm glad that you were able to stop by, if even just for a l little bit. Here in the Steadfast, what is going on? Stir, what's going, what's going on, Super Anime Gamer? He says, hey, what's up, my dude? What's going on, Super? It's the earliest that I think you've been in the show in, in quite a while. So, hey, thank you for being here. On time, Super. I love you, man. Thank you. Uh, Bruce coming in, tagging, talking about Jeremy's review. Yeah, I just saw that he had posted his review for it. Typically, when you have access to a film early, there is uh, basically a, a gag order before you can actually give any thoughts and reviews, specifically giving any details about the movie. And uh, so I haven't been able to watch his review yet. But according to Bruce, Jeremy gave an honest 6.5 out of 10 for Terror on the Prairie. And based on the trailer, that actually kind of makes sense to me. It does seem like there's going to be probably more technical issues that I'm going to notice and take issue with uh, versus some of the other things that other people might look at. But at the end of the day, this is kind of something to be expected. Really, if you look at all of the films that have either been distributed by or created by The Daily Wire, none of them are, you know, knock them out of the park amazing, but they're all still solid content. They are all 
Uh, obviously worthy of support simply because of the fact that they're coming from a company that is trying to buck the Hollywood trend and the Hollywood system. And I think that just as a company trying to do that as their uh, mission is is worthy of supporting. But it also doesn't mean that their films are always going to be great. So my hope and prayer is that as they continue to grow, as they continue to expand, and Gina Carano, I think, is going to be able to help them a lot with that as she is... Uh, just a dynamic personality, a sweetheart in real life. And I think that there are a lot of people even that are still in the Hollywood system who are part of different shows and different content that are very uh, fond of her as well, who might be willing to start to do some work either with her or even by extension with the Daily Wire or things like that. So I think that there could be a lot of cool stuff coming down the pipe from them, even if this film does not live up to the hype. And I think the reason why, obviously, we... Uh, as as a fellowship and as a community have probably hyped this up as much is because this is the first Gina Carano film since she got booted from Disney, since Disney uh, treated her like garbage, you know? And I think that a lot of us just want to support the film, whether it's good or bad, simply for the fact that she is in it and simply for the fact that she is proving that you don't have to be in the Hollywood system. You don't have to bow to the whims of Disney. You don't have to go through the things that Disney was making her go through in order to have a career and in order to do the thing that you love. And I think that's ultimately what she cares more about. She doesn't care whether or not she is in the biggest film of the year. She doesn't care whether or not every person thinks that the film is is amazing or not. She just cares about whether she has fun with the project, whether she's doing what she loves to do. And I think that that's the reason why a lot of us are just so attracted to her personality because of how she stands up for freedom, how she stands stands up for free speech, and how she stands up for liberty, but also because she actually shows herself to be one who actually loves to do what she does and is doing amazing things with the platform that she has and I think that that is something worth commending. So, yeah, I'll give my own thoughts about it when I see it later, when it actually premieres, as I was not able to see it early. But I am very excited to be able to see it this evening. Tina B in the chat, Empress of the Universe, hail to you, uh, says, Happy Bourbon Day. Why, the last several days, I feel like either on Discord or wherever, I've, I've, I've noticed that it's been national or international some type of alcohol day tina what's going on with this are they all around the same time of the year are they all consistent days anyway enjoy enjoy your <laughs> enjoy your bourbon <laughs> and yes indeed if you want my attention please put at odin at the very beginning of your comment at odin it lets me know that you're trying to get my attention and if you are a member on the channel you don't have to worry about that it's one of the perks of being a channel member but thank you all for being here I really do appreciate it. Thank you. And yes, Stephanie B is working today, so she'll be in when she can. Uh, shout out to Stephanie B and Tina B, the Valks. And shout out to Laura, the modern major general of the channel. She is here as well saying, happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday, Laura. Thank you very much for being here. Let's see. Big Raj. What's going on, Big Raj? Thank you for being in the chat. We got Dean Heiss in the chat. What's going on, Dean Heiss? Thank you very much for being here. Uh, appreciate it. Who else do we got in here? We got Laura tagging to say, are you going to buy a cowboy hat while in Dallas? Probably not. Uh, I've mentioned this previously, uh, you know, I've mentioned this previously, but I actually lived in Texas for a, a period of several months during Hurricane Katrina. I lived in Houston. So I, I actually had a address that was in Houston, 
in Texas. Um, and so I, I, I have experienced Texas life to some degree. And of course, I've visited uh, other areas of Texas as well, whether it is the theme parks there. I've been to Six Flags Over Texas, Six Flags Fiesta Texas. And uh, I've also been through, I've been through a lot of the parts of Texas, actually, even up to Texarkana, because I used to go on trips with my dad. My dad would take me and my brothers on camping trips and we would go to Colorado to, to go camping. And that's quite a, quite a drive. And the way that we would take the route that we would take would cut through Texas. And so we would go through a lot of Texas actually. Um, but anyway, uh, I'm not going to be buying a cowboy hat. That's not really my style. That's not really my thing. Um, but I'm sure that there are a lot of people that probably will. Let's see, Joe, what's going on, dude. Welcome back to the chat. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, it's not red because uh, the season of Pentecost is past us. We are now in the season after Pentecost, as it is known. Uh, but today, specifically, it is the Feast of St. Basil the Great. St. Basil the Great, his feast day. And according to the liturgical calendar, it calls for the white. Um, and so, therefore, liturgical color is white today. Forever Sci-Fi, who is a member on the channel, hail to you, Forever Sci-Fi. Thank you very much for being here. Keck44. How is it going, brother? Thank you for being here. Keely Chow in the chat. What's going on, Keely? Let's see. Laura tagged to say, uh, Jeremy said he used to always worry that he would live stream and nobody would show. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those interesting things uh, as someone who's now, every time I look at the episode count, I'm like, episode 352. Oh, my goodness. And that's not even all of the streams, I think, because... I, I only started numbering them a couple of years ago, which is also an insane thing to say because I just honestly can't believe that I've been doing YouTube part-time for a period of almost, what, three or four years? It's just kind of insane to me that it's been that long. So for those that have been with me from the beginning, thank you. Uh, for those that have joined along the way, thank you as well. Uh, and it's been it's been tons of fun. Jacques Lesuave hanging out over on Odyssey. What's going on, Jacques? Uh, Jacques says you forgot to mention one of the greatest qualities about Gina. She's never shot anyone on set. What too soon? LOL. Uh, Jacques. Woo. Yeah. Wait. Way too soon, brother. But this is this is also very very true. I imagine that she has actual training and has much better trigger discipline and just general gun discipline uh, compared to others who have most likely committed some type of murder slash manslaughter. Gary Banjo Sandwich, what's going on, good sir? Says, looking forward to Friday Night Tights weekend fun on my PC. Yeah, thanks for joining. Whether you're joining uh, in person or virtually, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, it was officially announced during the Real BBC today and has since been shared on Twitter as well by Gary that we're actually going to have a panel on Saturday at the convention. So we have the meetup on Thursday. We'll then be having our Friday Night Tights show at the usual time, I believe. Um, I haven't heard all the details about exactly what's going to be going on with timing, at least on Friday. But I imagine it's going to be around the same time. It's going to be on Gary time, so uh, <laughs> expect the unexpected. But the cool thing is that we'll all be in the same place, or the vast majority of us will be in the same place at the same time. So that's going to be a very cool dynamic to see play out similar to how we saw in Orlando with the Geeks Gamers house of all of us being in the same place at the same time. So we'll be having that on Friday. And then on Saturday at 2 p.m., uh, I don't know exactly where yet, but at 2 p.m., we're having a panel at the uh, con. 
at the Fan Expo. So if anyone's going to be at the Fan Expo, uh, 2 p.m., we'll have a we'll have a panel. And as soon as I get more details, I will let you all know. But y'all know about as much as I do. Let's see. Bruce says, I get the impression that it's going to be like Old Henry, and I loved Old Henry. Well, they, there you go. Haven't watched Old Henry yet. I do have it, but I do need to uh, get on that for sure. I've just been obsessed with DS9. I, I, I'm up to episode 17 of DS9 season three. So I'm just flying through that show. Uh, yes, indeed. Go ahead and support Tina and Steph. They have their own show, Soup to Nuts. And if you want to actually click on the link, you can click on the link that she posted, or you can click on Tina's profile as the show is at this point being hosted on her channel. Let's see. Bruce tagged and said, Jeremy's reason for the score were solid ones for him. Yeah, absolutely. There's always going to be subjective elements to any film. There are things that drive me crazier than others. So, for instance, I always talk about how I am a CGI snob. So when there's really bad CGI, it's going to impact me a lot more than maybe some others. Um, And obviously, I would say CGI, cinematography, acting to to a certain degree as well. Those are the types of things that I focus a little bit more on. Brian Barth, hail to you. Thanks for being here. Super tagged and said, I know being on time is a good feeling. I'm good. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah, I'm doing just fine. Let's see. Bruce says, Gina comes across as being real. Nothing fake comes from her. No, exactly. Uh, Talking to her in real life, she's exactly the kind of person that you would think her to be. And that's awesome. So it was really cool to be able to see that in Orlando. Um, And uh, yeah, so I'm really hoping and praying that it is a huge success for them tonight. And and I imagine that it will be. I don't know if it's going to make as many waves as What is a Woman? Because that to me as excited as I am for the Gina Carano movie after having seen what is a woman. Now, apparently there's actually a book that has also been released on the same topic with the same name. So actually I uh, had like extra audible credits. And so I ended up uh, getting the audiobook version of that because the movie was very well done. And I can only imagine the kind of stuff that is going to be mentioned in the book as well. So that's going to be part of what I'm going to be listening to on my road trip to uh, Dallas um, among some other things that I was able to find as well. All right, let's see. Dean Heiss says, watched, uh, watch. Okay, so Dean Heiss watched Everything Everywhere All at Once over the weekend. Not sure if it was good or bad or if I liked it or not. It had me so confused at times, probably need a second viewing. Well, I feel like you should have a general idea of whether you liked it or not, at least. You know, movies can be confusing, but sometimes it's a good confusing or a bad confusing. And only you can really know exactly how you feel about it. And that's a movie that I think is definitely not going to be for everybody. Just like no movie, no one movie is for everybody. There are people out there, for instance, who have probably gone to see Top Gun Maverick who don't like it. It's not many percentage wise, but there are people that don't like it. And it happens. Just like there are people that like films that typically are disliked. Uh, at least amongst <laughs> at least amongst our community, right? There are, are people out there that think The Last Jedi is not only a good movie, but a good Star Wars movie. I have a lot of questions about them, but hey, it, it is their uh, perspective and their point of view. All right, um, let us see. Da-da-da, da-da-da-da-da. Awesome one, what's going on? Happy Flag Day. Yeah, did you see what happened in D.C.? How they essentially... <laughs> Some labeled as desecration. I I don't really know what constitutes at an official level a desecration of a flag. 
but they created their own flag that had an extra star for DC. And I'm just thinking to myself, no, you're you're not a state. I I don't think many people who have any ability to vote on the matter would want you to be a state. Um and probably thinks that you should be dissolved, but hey, that's just me. <laughs> Laura, Dad say just got Hulu watched episode of one of Andrew Garfield's Under the Banner of Heaven. He plays a Mormon detective intense so far. Oh wow, a Mormon detective. So is he a detective who is Mormon, or is he a detective looking into Mormonism? That's what I want to know, Laura. That is what I think all the people want to know. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you all again for being here. So one of the things as I was watching, so I got through several episodes of DS9, and I know I've mentioned this on previous streams, but one of the things that I'm doing in preparation for the meetup in Dallas is uh, I've recently gotten into uh, rosary making, and I've showed previous examples of the ones that I've worked on before. I have since run out of supplies out of the beads, and so I decided to pick up some twine and that was a whole experience at Hobby Lobby trying to find a specific kind of uh, twine a type of nylon thread which they ended up not having so I ended up getting three different kinds that I thought might do the trick or might do the job and I I ended up being uh, pretty happy with the end result so I've made uh, this is one that I made two episodes so I think two episodes of DS9 while watching DS9 and also by making essentially 55 plus knots I'm pretty happy with. I made it with my own hands. So pretty excited about that. So I was able to make that one. And then that was made out of one of the types. I don't remember the kind of twine that was, but it has this interesting texture to it. It's it's almost like a rougher texture. And then I found number 18. I was looking for number 36 twine, but found number 18 twine, which is a lot thinner than I thought it was going to be, but ended up making this beauty right here. So, yeah, I can make rosaries now. That is pretty cool. I'm pretty happy with it, actually. So I'll be making more of these. I get more supplies tomorrow for the uh, the beaded rosaries, which are a lot faster to make because it's a lot less knots to make. But I'm actually really excited that I can just, over the course of watching DS9, at the same time, make some rosaries. And so I mentioned this previously. I plan on trying to make one for uh, each person. Uh, who is a part of the Friday Night Tights crew. Whether they want to take it or not is going to be completely up to them. Uh, but I'm also going to have extra rosaries as well. So if you're at the meetup and you want one or have any interest in one or want to talk about one, I'll be there. Anyway, just wanted to share that with y'all because uh, I'm pretty I'm pretty happy with that. And it makes me happy too because it means one of the goals that as I was trying to learn the process and as I was trying to finally, you know, basically learn a hobby that doesn't require me to watch anything. Like, I already watch TV and movies, which is, again, I love it. I love it. It's, it's one of my favorite hobbies. But, like, this one's something I can do with my hands, and it's something that I can also bring into my work as well. So now I have the ability to teach, uh, you know, students how to make one. And this is actually a really good way where uh, there have been former... One of the teachers that I worked with who retired uh, a couple years into my time at my school... She used to teach how to make rosaries, and that was a part of the way that the students could earn service hours, because we have service hours with school. And this was one of the spiritual works of mercy, um, essentially, by doing this. And so now I get to be able to to continue that on. And so I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. But also, I plan to 
keep on doing it and hopefully be able to make a rosary for every one of my students as well. I don't know. I'm kind of weird like that. As you all know, I'm not shy about my faith and uh, I'm pretty excited to be able to, uh, to bring that further into, into my work. All right. Getting back to the chat, we got Super Sang, and yeah, the same for me. Gina doesn't act like others with her status. Making it into a Star Wars property is big, and she still talked to everybody and went on small YouTube channels. Says a lot. It does. It really does. You know, she got to the top of the mountain by being involved in a Star Wars project. What I do think is interesting, though, is how far Disney and Star Wars really have fallen. I mean, honestly, when you think about it, it used to be where if you were in Star Wars or let alone were directing Star Wars, it was like you were seen, you made it. You know, it used to be at that level. And it's just amazing to see how it really doesn't hold true anymore. The media can try and spin whatever narrative they want with the whole Reva uh, nonsense going on with Obi-Wan. But the fact remains that that actress is not going to get a huge bump in her career from this series. Not like it would have been had the show been a, an actual, you know, fan service show or actually been respective of the, the lore actually not breaking Canon as it consistently does. And just Disney star Wars in general consistently does. So it, it, it honestly is phenomenal that she was still a part of Disney and part of Star Wars on the way down, clearly, because by the time that she had joined it, it had already, you know, it had already passed The Last Jedi and on all that. But at, I feel like it hadn't quite hit rock bottom yet. I think I think we can all say that when a show like Obi-Wan, where you're bringing back someone like Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan, even though him as a person is an entirely separate matter, right? There's a lot of things we can say about him as a person, but as a character... And him as the person portraying the character, I think that most people had a very positive view of it. The fact that you can take that and completely annihilate it, that to me shows you rock bottom. It's bad enough when you destroy Luke Skywalker. I mean, that is, I think, arguably, I think someone can make a good argument to say that that's more egregious. And I'm not saying that, that, that it's not. But then to go on and to take... so. You destroy a character, basically, from the original series. And it, it was more than just Luke Skywalker, obviously. But I think that was kind of the biggest one that was destroyed. But then you also take an actor who portrayed a character from the prequels. Obviously, you know, Obi-Wan is in the originals, too. But as far as just, you know, as far as Ewan McGregor's rendition and, and uh, portrayal of the character, they have now successfully destroyed some favored characters from both the original series and the prequel series. And now there's just nothing left. So I think that's what I'm trying to get at with the whole rock bottom is that they have now just annihilated prequels and original trilogy, right? The original trilogy was the first to really get destroyed in a lot of ways by, by Disney getting their hands on it. But now the prequels have also kind of in, in a lot of ways gotten the same result. And so before all of this, though, before Rock Bottom, Gina was involved with Star Wars, was a fan favorite, in fact, to the point where they were giving her more stuff to do. And I honestly believe had a lot more plans with her character, probably getting a spinoff show. It would not surprise me. But they decided to let identity politics and the Twitter mob 
Which, by the way, because of Elon Musk, we're finding out more and more that many of these people who push these agenda items and get these companies to push woke agendas and to push all kinds of identity politics nonsense and to fire people like Gina Carano, etc. We're finding out more and more that most of them aren't real people, that most of them are bots, that most of them are fake accounts. So even if Elon Musk ends up not buying Twitter, which I still really hope he does, at the very least, he is just clearly exposing things that we already knew. But it's nice to have confirmation. It's nice to have the information that we're getting from what is is going on with the acquisition of Twitter currently. So anyway, that's just my own thought on that. But yeah, she is awesome. Because she has chosen not to be canceled. And she has shown that you honestly can't be canceled in in this respect because of one's perspective on life. It's one thing to be canceled because you committed a crime, uh, you know, looking at you, Ezra Miller, looking at you, Amber Heard. You know, it's one thing to be canceled for things like that. It's another to be canceled because of your own position or because of your own worldview, right? Because I would be just as mad if someone got canceled because they happened to hold some type of, you know, leftist economic position, you know? And that is the difference between what we're seeing with The Daily Wire and what we're seeing with Hollywood. Hollywood is willing to fire people, blacklist people, shame people simply because of their political philosophy. Whereas The Daily Wire and other companies like it are, hey, We're willing to work with you regardless of where you stand on these various issues. It really comes down to core values, like human dignity and respect. So it is quite amazing to see the dichotomy and to see how different both really are. Because it's really no longer a left or right, Republican, Democrat, uh, conservative, liberal. Like, those terms don't even really fit the current culture word that we're going with. It's either you're in reality and you respect the human person, or you are outside and reject reality and are just garbage to the dignity of the human person. And treat the dignity of the human person like garbage. That's really the two sides that exist now. In a lot of ways. It's gone beyond politics at this point. Anyway. Let us see who else is in the chat. Alright, Laura. Thank you for tagging. Uh, She said, I don't know any OT fans who liked The Last Jedi. Yeah, um, I'm sure some exist. And... (laughs) I would include, obviously, the the media shills as well. Now, whether or not they actually believe the garbage that they peddle or not, it's actually a question. Some of them very well could. Some of them maybe just have bad taste. Some of them have maybe just convinced themselves that it's good in their minds. Who knows? But there's also probably some genuine people out there that do like it. I think that casual viewers... People that are just casual fans, I, I could see them not really getting into the nitty-gritty, not noticing very clear deviations from story arcs and from canon, who you would say, hey, you didn't notice this or this or this, and they'd say, oh, well, whatever. I thought BB-8 was cute. 
Like, those people do exist. I mean, and, and there's nothing inherently wrong with those types of people either. Because I know that for other films and for other franchises, we sometimes fall into that same category where it's like, well, I don't really care about any of that because this was cute. It's, I think, similar to how, for instance, there's been some uh, comments made about various films throughout the last couple years where people's only caveat or only uh, positive word was, well, hey, at least it wasn't woke. It's a very similar philosophical premise to say, well, yeah, it's got all these problems, but hey, at least it wasn't woke. It's similar. It's a similar philosophical mindset for someone to say that as it is for someone to say, well, yeah, it's not very good, but Baby Yoda's cute. Similar logical conclusions. All right, let's see. Matt R., what's going on? Glad to have you here. Uh, Anono Mas, what's going on? Anono Mas, welcome, welcome. Let's see, Laura says, Garfield plays a Mormon who is a detective. Interesting. Snornapupus, Cuber, how are humans and other quitters? What's going on, Snornapupus? Thank you very much for joining the chat today. I appreciate it. Evan S. in the chat, what's going on? Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I did my best. It's not perfect. Um, but obviously, it all takes practice. And hopefully one day I get the actual correct materials as well. <laughs> Because I definitely understand why they do typically rec recommend certain types of materials because I was like, oh, this is actually a lot smaller than I was expecting. And so now I have to adapt and it's still smaller. Or, oh, this type of material works, but mm, it's not quite exactly the right. Um, it doesn't really have the exact right feel or texture to it to, to help. So, uh, yeah. But thank you. I appreciate it. I'm pretty. I'm pretty happy with it. I'm pretty happy with it. <laughs> the Odin store, yeah, exactly. Come today, where you can get t-shirts and rosaries. Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, what? One is not like the other here. Gary Banjo Sandwich. Under the Banner of Heaven is a mystery of Mormon cult faith murder drama, a must-see. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. Very interesting. Soul Assassin, thank you, good sir. I appreciate it. Anonymous tag to say, Ryan will burst into flames. I hope not. I hope not. My, my bigger hope would be that if he decides to take it or to accept it, that one day, maybe one day, he says, hmm, maybe. That's my ultimate hope. Let's see. Dr. Peter Van Norstrand, welcome to the chat. Appreciate you being here tonight uh appreciate you very very much yeah now that i've known now that i'm getting the hang of making these knots and and doing all this my ultimate goal is to at one point make a full 15 decade rosary uh so for those that don't know there are uh different mysteries of the rosary um i'm obviously i've, I've mentioned this previously i'm a traditional catholic so for me there are the three uh three mysteries essentially are the three groupings of mysteries the joyful sorrowful and the glorious uh john paul ii added another grouping called the luminous so it's not based in the the revelation where the rosary comes from so it's still scriptural as all the mysteries are but it also is is kind of separate from where the rosary originally comes from as well but anyway a, a rosary is typically um as you can see just from the ones that I made, this is for, you know, you can pray as many of them as you want, but 
there's only enough beads for you in a again to go around one time would be to go through the five glorious mysteries, the five sorrowful mysteries, etc. So a 15 decade rosary would be enough to where you'd go around and you would do all 15 uh, mysteries. So that's like my ultimate goal. Now that I'm getting the hang of things a little bit, we'll see how I do. Rosie G12, hail to you, Rosie. Thank you very much for being here. I uh, appreciate it very, very much. All righty. Let us see. Orange Eye Reviews, hail to you, good sir. Thanks for being a member on the channel. You were awesome. Hardwick is in the chat. What's going on, Hardwick? Uh, let's see. Orange Eye Reviews says, okay, movie talk. What did you think of the movie Teen Wolf? Also, did you know that the movie has its place in academia for being allegorical for puberty? I did not know about that. It does make sense, though, from what little I do know about it. But I've actually never seen Teen Wolf, so I actually have no thoughts. Uh, Shield Wall of Dragons, what's going on? About an 11-hour drive. So whether it depends on traffic, if any random construction comes up, if any accidents happen as well. Um, all of those things are gonna take into are gonna be having to be taken into account. But uh, GPS says it's it's roughly eleven hours, and with how I drive, it's gonna be somewhere between probably ten or eleven and a half, depending on traffic. Um, so I should be getting into the Dallas area by around five or six p.m. Central. So pretty excited for that. Uh, Orange Hair Views that says, also Odin Amber Heard isn't canceled. She is being held accountable. Big difference. Well, no, no, no. So I meant people who deserve to be canceled. That's what I meant. That's what I meant by that. And I do, I do totally understand. And there is a difference. But at the same time, it's, it's, it is a bit similar too. Because here is the big thing with Amber Heard. She is still trying to push a false narrative. She's still trying to push push her false narrative on the news. So being held accountable, I don't even know necessarily if she is being held accountable. We have to wait and see. You know, we keep hearing all these rumors about what's going on with Aquaman, but I've heard people say, rumors say that she's been cut from the movie completely. And I've heard other rumors say, oh, she is actually more in the movie now. We won't really know until we actually get... Uh, the movie itself. So, uh, just another red shirt. Hail to you. Thank you for being here. I appreciate it. Let's see. Rosie, who is a member, says, talking of garbage, the 27 Democrats who voted against increased security for the Supreme Court justices and their families. Oh, they actually voted on that. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's terrible. Well, actually, I would say what's even worse, Rosie, than that is Nancy Pelosi holding that legislation so that she could pass her... She, so, so that she could pass her unconstitutional gun control legislation. That's what's even worse. Because she had every ability to pass that sooner than later. And she decided not to. Fedigator, what's going on? Fedigator, thank you very much for being here. Mr. Grant Gregory, hail to you. Thanks for being a member saying, episode three, what to do? That's amazing. I know, it's insane. I honestly cannot believe that we've gotten this far. Input latency, what is going on? Hail to you, and God bless you as well. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Let us see. Anonymous, who is a member, says, Hope springs eternal. Interesting. 
Uh, Super says, oh, don't even get me started. Uh, Gina thinks for herself, gets dropped. Depp loses all for daring to be imperfect and suffer PR problems. But Ezra and Amber can lie, commit crimes, and be fine. Yeah, I do think that... uh, I do think that Ezra is in a bit of trouble. I do think that Ezra, even though he is getting a lot of media protection... And one of the ways you can tell that he's getting media protection is because he continues to be referenced by mainstream media as they because he claimed those as his pronouns. So you can tell whether or not a media source is going to give you valid information whether on, on him specifically by what pronouns they use. So if you see any article talking about Ezra Miller and it refers to him as they... You should immediately click off that article because it's probably not going to give you the full side of the story. Nonsense. Andrew Hayes, tagged to say, have you had the opportunity to witness to any of the geeks and gamers crowd? So we don't really, so as, as yeah, as Catholics, we don't really have that concept of, of to witness. Um, it, it, it's, it's typically, it's typically <laughs> more, uh, we, we try and be a little bit more subtle with it in, in our personal lives. And obviously I've been a lot more direct on streams and, and things of that nature, but that's also typically because either people have asked questions or have brought things up that I felt the need to respond to. Um, but all it really comes down to is, is, you know, trying to through actions, trying to in, in just general conversation uh, to slowly bring things certain, you know, certain things up, drop hints. And one of the other things too is things like this, you know, basically, it's one thing for someone to go up to someone and be like, have you heard of my Lord and Savior or our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, right? That, you know, typically, you know, you're going to have different reactions with that. Whereas if I were to go up to someone in general and be like, hey, can, can I give you a rosary? And maybe they ask the question of, oh, what is that? And then give a little explanation um, and, you know, just say, hey, yeah, I'm, I've prayed with this and, you know, I've made it and I want you to have it. I think that it's that in and of itself is a lot more effective of a tactic. There's a great group called the St. Paul Street Evangelist, I think is what the full name of it is, St. Paul Street Evangelist. And it's all about uh, you basically buying a lot of items in bulk to, to give away. So buying medals, uh, buying rosary supplies, things like that. So I think that that's typically a much more effective way. Um is because someone is typically not as likely to reject when you give something to them um, versus, you know, words or a piece of paper or something like that. Let's see. Uh, Fedigator tagged to say, so Ezra Miller allegedly has kidnapped someone and no one is talking about it. Insanity. Oh, absolutely. It is complete insanity. Well, and you want to you know what else is insane, Fedigator? So we have that in the pop culture news, right? Ezra Miller who is still on track to be a big part, has his own movie coming up soon, right? The Flash movie, which was already in in hot water because of the fact that it's being written by the same woman that wrote Birds of Prey. That's a whole other you know level to this. But yeah, his film is still being made. His film is still on schedule to be made. He's going to be a big part of it. And, and nothing's happening, or seemingly nothing's happening. We honestly just don't know um, at this point what's actually going to happen to him, if anything at all. But not only do we have that going on in pop culture... In regular culture, we had a Supreme Court justice whose life was threatened and it got almost no media attention whatsoever. That, to me, 
is even more egregious. They're both very egregious, but... Uh, input latency tag to say all 15 mysteries would happen to Loomis. So if you actually go to the origins of the rosary in the private revelation where the rosary comes from, Mary only gives 15, 15 mysteries. So if we talk about the actual tradition of the rosary, it's 15. John Paul II later on during his papacy added optional mysteries. And actually, if you look to the document, it is optional. It's not something that has to be done. And yet, everyone took it as something where it had to be added in. And instead, he just said, hey, there are other mysteries in the Gospels that we can look to that we can get a lot out of. And so, therefore, there are these luminous mysteries, essentially. So many people have adopted it on. It's not a bad thing. It's not an evil thing. Um, but traditionally, it's, it's actually only the fifteen. So I, 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 I'm going with the 15 that were actually given by Blessed Mother versus what's been added on, if that makes any sense. Uh, Lone Gunman, what's going on? Uh, yeah, it, it could be. But luckily, as I mentioned previously, my car has a lot of mileage on it, or rather has a lot of range on it. As I've mentioned previously, the range of my car can, can range from about 415 miles per tank to about 465 miles per tank, give or take. So it's less than 800 miles away to Dallas for me. So I can, if I start off with a full tank, I can drive for about 350 miles or so before having to fill up. And the way I've worked it out is that I'll have to fill up twice. And that's more for safety than for uh, for anything else. So I'll drive about 350 miles and then stop, fill up, be able to get pretty much to Dallas or right outside of Dallas and then uh, fill up one more time. So that way I have enough to get fully into Dallas, into the area, but then also have enough gas to drive around to any of the locations that I might need to go to as well. So yeah, burst angel. What's going on? Welcome. Yes, I know there are things that I have not seen. It happens. All right. Soul assassin tag to say, speaking on the teen wolf film, have you heard of the TV show Big Wolf on Campus? I've not heard of that show. Forever Sci-Fi, who is a member, says Warner Brothers is as good at making decisions on people as a drunk chick, drunk, as a drunk chick at midnight at a bar. Oof. I would say a drunk person, because <laughs> let's just be honest here. Anyone who is drunk uh, does not have good decision-making abilities. Uh, and that goes for, for both men and women have terrible judgment, uh, which is why I am personally opposed to alcohol. That's me. Uh, Jacques, the suave over on Odyssey. Thanks for tagging. Says, thoughts on Joker 2 being a musical with Lady Gaga as Harley. I thought a movie about their toxic relationship could be interesting as a sequel, but this sounds odd. I Is that even true? Or is that something that was posted by Les Cinephiles? Because there's a Twitter, there is a uh, a prank Twitter account um, or a satire Twitter account called Lysinophiles that posts fake stories and they're always really funny and hilarious. I really hope that it's not actually true that they are going with the musical. I'm assuming that that came from a, a fake story because that just does not make any sense whatsoever. Jacques. Sounds fake to me. Sounds like something Lysinophiles would come up with which is, is pretty hilarious. Omaha 16, what's going on? Yeah, Top Gun Maverick domestically 
highest of 2022. Yeah, I heard that those numbers got updated. Um, I was not able or I was not near a computer when I got that notification. But very, very exciting news that it is now officially beaten Doctor Strange 2 in the domestic nar- in the domestic marketplace. And it looks like, all right, let's see here. Yeah, because the Monday chart uh, was Jurassic World Dominion added another 12 million and Maverick added a, another 6 million. So yeah, Top Gun Maverick now at $401.8 million after 18 days, whereas Doctor Strange the Multiverse of Madness is stuck at 398.7 after 39 days. Uh, Jurassic World Dominion has just crossed $400 million worldwide, as I expected it to do, whereas Maverick is at three is at 755 worldwide. So it'll be very interesting to see um, if and when, because I do think that it's becoming more of a when every day, uh, Top Gun Maverick gets close to that billion-dollar mark. Stormbibus Cuber says, I have two words for Comrade Pelosevich. Oh, my goodness. Come and take them. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. It's not going to get past the Senate. And even if it did, based on the rulings of the Supreme Court, it would would get struck down in probably a unanimous decision or very close to unanimous decision. If you actually follow on the OMB report stream that we had on Monday, since I'll be on the road on Thursday, we are actually covering some of the Supreme Court cases that were being released um, there's a decision day tomorrow. So on the good morning Asgard stream tomorrow, starting at 10, I'll actually, uh, probably turn it into like a very mini OMB report, uh, because I'll start to refresh the page because we don't know when some of the big decisions that they still have that there's a, there is a decision on, I believe it's either concealed carry or open carry, um, based on, so depending on their decision, some, some things could happen. It's a case out of New York with that one. And then of course there's also the case dealing with Roe v. Wade as well. So uh, we'll have to wait and see what, what happens with that. But there are decisions set to come out tomorrow. And we don't know exactly, um, you know, when that is going to, when that's going to be. Um, but anyway, for sci-fi, if Amber Heard's PO box isn't full of packages of little green plastic bags, I'll be disappointed with the trolls. I'm assuming the trolls are, are going to, <laughs> I'm assuming that they are going to be able to, yeah. Keep in mind that she's already complaining that I can't believe in an interview, and I'm sure y'all have all seen the clip at this point. I can't believe that in the interview, Amber complains about social media. Not she's like social media is clearly not balanced and it's not fair. That's not how the world works, Amber. The entire world was able to watch the trial, look at the evidence, listen to your testimony, and were able to make a conclusion. And the vast majority of people who looked at the trial said, hey, we think you're lying. We think you made stuff up. Your information doesn't really seem to work out or make sense. Sorry, we're we're not on your side here. So it's amazing where she's like, it's just not balanced. It's just not fair. Well, yeah, when you clearly (laughs) lie on the stand or at the very least perjure yourself by giving mixed up information, by giving inconsistent information, at least, at minimum, it's not a good look. And most people with brains can look at that and say, yeah, you know what? I don't believe anything you say. I don't believe that you are a trustworthy person. So yeah, it's not going to be balance. It's, you're not going to find balance anywhere, Amber, because people saw you for who you really are. 
Simple as that. And guess what? The jury did as well. And the jury concluded that you lied. And not only that you lied, but you're also likely the one who was actually the abuser in the relationship. Scott McKenzie, preach Christ always, and when necessary, use words. Amen. Oh, my goodness. Uh, is that Was that St. Jerome or St. Francis of Assisi? I'm between those two. We have a lot of quotes at our school, a lot of gospel, or a we have gospel quotes and we have uh, church father quotes as well, great saint quotes as, uh, as well throughout, throughout our school. And those words are, are, are there. Yeah, St. Francis Scott says, all right, that's what I thought. Thank y'all for confirming. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's why it drives me crazy when, <laughs> whenever I look to the uh, Vatican II logic of active participation because it's like, wait, wait, wait. Just because someone says words at a time they're supposed to does not mean that they are actually actively participating. And I always give this example to my students. It's like, how often do you say, and with your spirit, and the whole time you're just not even thinking about the words you're saying? So is it because you said the words that you're actively participating? No, that, that's, that's, not how, that's not how active participation works. Your mind and your heart have to be in sync with one another. And that's why, for me at least in the traditional mass, in the low mass especially, with much of the peace and quiet, priest is up there offering up the sacrifice because even if you go to the Old Testament into the New Testament, you notice that that sacrificial nature is consistently held throughout all of it. Christ himself dies on a cross. So again, altar sacrifice. So priest is offering up the sacrifice of the cross, and there I am offering up praise and worship in a uh, you know private manner, praying a rosary, playing you know at times praying praying along with the prayers in the missal as well. That is active participation, and that's that can be a very individualistic thing in certain respects. Um, and that, that that's what just again drives me crazy uh, about the current state that we're in. Anonymous. Let's see. We are we are Jesus light, and there uh, and that is what people see first. Be an example, uh, indeed, not just word. Amen. Absolutely. As St. James says in the letter of St. James, faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. Uh, let's see. Onlivian, what's going on? Welcome to the chat. Appreciate you being here. Make sure you all smash that like button, light up that fire button on Odyssey. I appreciate it. Input latency, tag to say, thanks for that explanation, friend. I'm not as well versed in Catholic history as I'd like to be. Hey, no problem at all, input latency. I'm not either. It, may, it might seem like I am, but I'm still learning every day. Every day is a learning experience, and I love it. That's what's so beautiful about life, is that we can learn not just about faith, we can learn so many different things. I literally, today, have I've never made one of these. And I was able to watch videos as I was waiting for materials, and I was, I just, I was like, you know what? Let's just go. Let's just get started. And at first, my first knot was completely wrong. And then slowly I started to learn the technique. And then it's like, hey, I was able to do it. I made, I made these by hand myself. So, you know, ultimately what it comes down to is all of us are learning every single day. We can all learn skills and information every single day. And that's what's so beautiful about, about life. Every day is a journey. Jose Contreras, what's going on? Hail to you. Thank you very much for being here. I appreciate it. Let's see. Atina, tag to say, it's true. 
Uh, it's in the rest of the trade. Joker 2 will be a musical. Joaquin hasn't signed yet, but Gaga is in talks. That is, oh my goodness, Tina, that... I feel like the reaction that I'm having right now is probably exactly what Tina's reaction would be too, where it's like, oh my goodness, why? That's so, that's so stupid. You had such a great film in that first Joker movie. You had all of the potential in the world to capitalize and to build. And now you're, you're going the route of saying, let's make it a musical. The only way, I don't even know why I'm, I don't even know why my brain's going here, but now hear me out. Okay, let's say maybe it could work. (laughs) Hear me out, hear me out. Don't, Don't freak out yet. Maybe it could work. The only way it could work, the only way it could work is if part of the movie is a musical. So not the entirety. If the whole movie is a musical, there's no way that's gonna work. But part of it as a musical could work, but they would need to have one of the best written stories and they would have to make it something that's occurring in the mind of Joker or in the mind of Harley Quinn. Like imagine if you will, Joker is in the process, maybe in Joker 2, Joker is in the process of the psychological abuse of Harley Quinn. And through that psychological abuse, part of the story becomes within her own mind. She's trying to escape and there's like a musical sequence. That's the only way I could see that working. But that's a that's a big if. And it, from from what I'm hearing from y'all, it does not sound like that's what we're going to get. Um, but that to me would kind of make sense. But they would have to play that really, really well. And uh, let's just say, I don't think they would be able to do that. Uh, SD Crusader, what is going on? Welcome. Uh, Super, tag to say. Now, Joker musical story came from a big publication. I think Hollywood Reporter, Deadline, or Variety. Yeah, so sounds like that is... Oh, man, that, that sounds terrible. Irish Not Sane, welcome to the chat. Thank you for being here. Selena Redwine says, exactly. Well, thank you for agreeing. Uh, let's see. Her sci-fi. Her acting was better in Aquaman than on The Stand, and it wasn't that good in Aquaman. Or maybe she was just being herself for a good part of it. Yeah, I mean, for me, because as, as I always tried to do, and it's not always successful, but I always try and separate art from the artist. I didn't think that she was garbage in, in Aquaman. She wasn't revolutionary either, clearly. And I think that, that that's the thing is she was trying to claim during the trial that she was losing out on all these monetary uh, all these monetary uh, possibilities. But I'm thinking to myself, okay, your performance wasn't terrible, but your performance also wasn't groundbreaking stuff. So what if you in your head think that you gave this amazing performance that was going to get you a bunch of roles... I don't know what movie you thought you were in or what kind of performance you thought you were giving. It was a passable performance. It was fine. It was it was basic. Yeah, basic, Amber. Anyway, I just wanted to say that. Yeah, basic. And you're welcome. <laughs> uh so someone's gonna clip that. Odin says yeah, basic. 
<laughs> Stephanie B, what's going on? Thank you very much for joining. Hope work was going fine. Thank you for joining. Let's see. Hardwick, tad to say, I've seen Jurassic World Dominion, and my verdict is that it's the worst one yet. It took everything bad about Fallen Kingdom and tripled down on it. The writing was a new level of horrible. You see, I've heard that from one other person, but I'm sorry. I do not know. No, 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 no. It wasn't good, but it's not, it is not worse than Fallen Kingdom. I'm sorry, dude. There's, there's no way you can say it's worse than Fallen Kingdom. I mean, you can, because obviously that's an opinion. Uh, but, <laughs> I mean, it's... Uh, Fallen Kingdom suffers from so many various flaws, especially in the story. And at the very least, in Dominion, you have some interesting throwbacks. But that's about the only positive thing that I could say. And it's not all that positive. Because the interesting throwbacks are never brought to a good conclusion. So I agree that it's not good, but to say it's not as good as, or to say that it's worse than Fallen Kingdom, I just, I don't get that. I mean, they're both bad, but I think that Fallen Kingdom's worse. Sherry Allen, what's going on? Thanks for being here. Family is doing just fine. Uh, it's been great to, uh, so baby uh, baby Thor is in full on toddler mode. And so that's been it's it's had its moments where it's been you know driving a little crazy, but then there's also of course those amazing sweet moments too. So we've gotten into a routine in the evening, and uh, one of my favorite things is it takes him a little while to fall asleep, and now he is old enough to where he can have stuffed animals in his crib, and uh, so of course we start off thinking oh maybe we'll let him choose one or two. And then it ends up just being him taking all of his stuffed animals. So we have this, we have a security camera in there too. So we're able to, you know, check in on him and all that stuff. And it's so funny just to check in, especially right after you put him, put him down because he is like moving his, all the animals around. He's building a pile and then laying on them. Uh, and, and I always like to joke that it's like, he's, it's almost like he's having like some type of like counselor meeting with them because he's also like babbling and it's just so funny because he'll be holding up one of his stuffed animals and it'll just be babbling, babbling, blah, blah. It's the uh, it's it's adorable. It's so cute. But yeah. Otherwise, yeah, family's doing well. <laughs> but baby Thor is amazing. Uh Asajj Pentecost is over. We're now in the time after Pentecost. And so uh today's feast is Saint Anthony or sorry, that was yesterday. Today's feast is Saint Basil the Great, and therefore it is liturgical color of white tomorrow will be green as it is a feria corpus christi will be on thursday i'll be on the road then uh so that liturgical color is white and uh yeah this coming sunday is the second sunday after pentecost uh super anime gamer tag to say did you hear the edward scissorhands quote from amber heard's interview amazing she has to be keep going because if she doesn't she will likely face legal charges in three countries she's toast either way yeah i mean again her, her public image is destroyed and it's not because of anything that anyone did other than herself she destroyed her own public image she did not need any help with that she was able to do it all by herself so Hollywood might be willing to give her a second chance. The media might be willing to play cover for her, but the general public is not going to be convinced. So, but I did not hear about the Edward Scissorhands quote, but I wouldn't be surprised. 
Uh, let's see. Andrew Hayes says, Joker was fine on its own. We don't need a part two. Yeah, I mean, I, I both agree and disagree. I remember when the film first came out, and that was one of the things that came up. And I think there are good arguments from both sides. Because is Joker good enough on its own to not need a follow-up? Yes. hundred times, thousand times, yes. Did it set up a version of Joker and a version of Gotham that they could make a good follow-up to? Yes. Both things can be true at the same time. Now, this whole musical thing, unless they do it the way that I explained it as being only a small part of it and it being in the mind of someone going crazy, it, it's just, uh, I think they're, they're grasping at straws if that's the case. Uh, Forever Sci-Fi, as a member says, it's the harsh and real world in Joker that really pulled you into it. Turning it into a musical is counter to that. Yeah, as I said, unless they're able to do it as a psychological thing, it, it, there's no way it could work. Harwick says, Joker 2 news takes us full circle. We're returning to the Joel Schumacher Batman days. <laughs> I don't know if I should be happy or uh, terrified of that. Because, don't get me wrong, the Joel Schumacher Batmans are terrible, but they are fun. I love Batman Forever, and I especially love Batman and Robin. Not because they're good, because they are not. But dang it, they are funny. One of my favorite lines from Batman Forever is in the very beginning. Oh no, it's boiling acid! I love it. His shoes start melting. <laughs> oh, I love it. It's so good. It's so good. All right, Tina. Tina say Culture and Tom Connors said they'll either base it on Chicago or Scorsese's New York, New York. The chat said base it on Greece. I'm popping popcorn for the trash fire to come. <laughs> Oh, if they were to base it off of Greece, now that that would be. <laughs> and as I said, if it's a sequence in the mind of a Harley Quinn who's going insane, okay, they could make that work. Will they? Doubtful, but they could make it work theoretically. Don't don't think that's going to happen though. Let's see. Uh, Super Tactics say agree. The musical element has to be a delusion, or just have Lady Gaga write the soundtrack. I mean, Joker shouldn't even have a sequel. But if you really want to do it, exactly. If you're gonna do it, you gotta do it right, and it does not sound like they are trying to do it correctly. You know, it sounds like they're basically throwing stuff at the wall to see what sticks, and I don't think it's gonna work out for them very well. Uh, Selena, hello again. Says excited to see the live FNT in Dallas. Can't wait for the Vegas meetup. Uh, will you be coming to Vegas? Would love to meet you. Unfortunately, I will not. Uh, I believe the Vegas meetup is in August, and that is right at the beginning of the school year. We start very beginning of August within the first week. So I can't, I really just can't miss any school days. And uh, I, there's no way I could possibly drive out for a weekend and the flights and the cost of flights. I, I There's, again, it wouldn't be possible for me to do it. So I will not, unfortunately, will not be in any other events. That's why I doubt I will even be at the Geeks and Gamers meetup in Orlando either. That's in October because it's on a Sunday and that's already trouble enough because Sunday is a, a holy day. So that's like, you know, it's already that, but also it is a school night. So <laughs> I don't think I'll be able to, to make it to that one either, unfortunately, but I will be in Dallas and I'll be in Dallas for four nights. Hardwick says the part musical concept with Harley Quinn dream sequence that you described sounds like Zack Snyder's Sucker Punch. Here's the thing. 
it, it, it kind of is, but it would actually be good. You know, where Zack Snyder's Sucker Punch sucked, the concept in my head would not. But again, I don't think that they would do the thing that I suggested, or if they did, that they would do it well. So, <laughs> oh, lordy, lordy. There's Stephanie B. Then, hope work went fine. Josiah Fitch had to say, what was the last great musical? Some people may not like this, but I actually was pretty fond of The Greatest Showman. I like the music in The Greatest Showman. And to be completely honest, if you actually look at the lyrics and the story it tells, it had a lot of opportunities in the film to go really woke with identity politics. And it really doesn't go as far in that direction as it could. There's only really a couple of elements. And they are actually elements that are totally appropriate for the time period that it's set in. So I actually thought it was a great, uh, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. And I thought that the music was great. I actually really, I really liked the score to that. Now, would I call it a great musical? That That's where I'm kind of having that, that issue, right? That was the last musical, like original musical that I can remember enjoying. Uh, the last great musical as a movie, it's, it's, it's hard for me to say, really. I mean, I'd probably, I'd probably go back, uh, <laughs> I'd probably go back to the classic era for truly great musical. Uh, let's see, Selena, <laughs> Yeah, basic should be a t-shirt, I'd buy one. <laughs> Could you imagine, I, I, I create a Templar Odin shirt, uh, where Templar Odin says you basic. That'd be a, that'd be such a mashup of things. It'd be crazy. <laughs> uh, I still need to make a Templar Odin shirt. It's been on my to-do list. Andrew Hayes says, what are your thoughts on Stranger Things season four so far? Have you seen it? I'm really enjoying it, Andrew Hayes. Yeah. So I, I hate that I have to wait another a little less than a month now for the final two episodes, but I'm really loving it. Every episode has been about an hour and 15 mi- minutes, which is how you're supposed to do it, Disney. Looking at you, Disney, with your 45 to 35 minute episode, stupid nonsense filler garbage. Anyway, but there's been hour and 15 minute episodes. They've all been well paced. And what I like most about this season of Stranger Things is that it decided to, and the writers decided to take it in a different direction. While all the other seasons have elements of horror in them, this is straight up horror. I mean, there's some disturbing images in this series. There's some really disturbing stuff. So much, in fact, that my wife, who's been watching it along with me for, you know, the previous three seasons, who really enjoyed it a lot, she was like, I can't watch it anymore. She only got, I think, two or three episodes in. And she was like, I don't know if I can watch this anymore. Because she, both she and I are not fans of the horror genre. But for me... I'm so connected with the characters and with the backstory that I am just finding a lot of enjoyment in the decisions that they're doing. And also the effects and how they're doing the effects, I think work really well. So the fact that it's kind of reinventing itself, 
by embracing much more of that horror element, I think was a good choice. And I think that it's been able to differentiate this season enough from previous seasons where it feels a lot more unique in different ways. Also, I do like the story um, for the most part. There's Towards the end, the story of Elle uh, kind of goes in the direction where I'm like, uh, okay, this again. But it's like hit and miss with that story too because there's certain elements that are revealed, certain things about her past that are revealed that I really actually like and are interested in. But then there's other things too where I'm like, okay, this has been kind of rehashed. But leading up to that, especially what happens at the roller rink, I was like, oh, okay, this this has now had a whole new development. And also, there is something done in this show where it's done well. This is something that Ryan Johnson thinks that he can just randomly do and uh, destroy characters in the process and destroy canon in the process. You know, the subversion of expectations. You can do that and do it well, right? You can subvert expectations and do it well. Ryan Johnson just can't do it well among many others who are now trying to basically follow that pattern too. But there are subversions of expectations that happen because there's actually consequences in this season. And I actually like that the, that there are consequences. It makes it a little bit more realistic. So I'm enjoying it a lot so far. Um, but yeah, those are my thoughts on Stranger Things. Uh, Jared Thorne, hail. Thank you very much for being here. Uh, Rob D, what's going on? He tagged. Hello, Odin. Listen to any new Star Wars audiobooks. I recently picked up Brotherhood. It's the newest Star Wars novel. Now, I don't really like anything new. I really haven't been attracted to anything new because all of it is going to be all of it has to take place um, within the the new Star Wars framework, which just is is garbage. Now, if this is a older book that's been made into an audiobook, that of course is different. The newest one I have that that's one of those is I have the first two novels in the X-Wing series. I'm currently listening to Rogue Squadron. So this is a new recording. It's unabridged. There were previous recordings of the X-Wing series that were abridged and they were garbage. So they've actually gone back. So I'll give kudos and positive comments when they when they deserve them. This is a good decision on their part to go back to the EU and to actually revamp them and to give them a proper treatment. Mark Thompson, who is one of the best voice actors for Star Wars of all time, is doing the voice work for the X-Wing series, and it's it's been great. So I think I'm about, I don't know if I'm halfway through or a third of the way through the first X-Wing novel, but uh, that one's been really good. Rogue Squadron has been phenomenal. Uh, I've been really enjoying it. And Mark Thompson's voice work is, is continuing to be uh, fantastic as well. It has a whole other layer. Uh, let's see. Madison Herman. Yeah, I saw that you subscribed to the channel, Madison. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Uh, says here, what is your favorite road trip snack? And are there any foodie spots you are hoping to try in Dallas? I'm not much of a foodie, to be honest. If anything, I would like to go to a good barbecue place because I, I like Tennessee barbecue. And I've tried, I've had uh, Texas barbecue before as well, and it's really good. So... Uh, if there's any good recommendations of uh, barbecue joints in that area, uh, let me know because I would love to have some barbecue. I like, I like having some barbecue. Um, it's it's one of my passions. I love I love the meats, and barbecue is one of the best ways to have it. As far as other places, everyone I think because what is it, what Whataburger is something that known for Texas. I, I I'm kind of ambivalent towards it personally. 
Um, that's just me. I'd rather go to a barbecue joint rather than, <laughs> rather than anything else. So, you know, it is what it is. As far as snacks on the road, I typically always have, a, if I start off every road trip that I've done more recently, because I've actually done a lot more road trips recently uh, than I have in the last several years. I start off with a five hour energy drink to keep me focused on the road. And then I like to have goldfish. Trust me, goldfish, always, always a great item. Ritz crackers. And then I like to have a granola breakfast bar in case I need something a little bit more substantive. So those would be my go-to road trip snacks. And now that we're out of the penitential seasons, I also like uh, certain types of beef jerky as well. So now those are back on the menu. Back on the menu, boys. Let's see. Check text. Hail to you. Says, Godspeed on your journey to Dallas. Thank you very much, good sir. Definitely will be taking, uh, I'll definitely will be safe on the road to the best of my ability. Howard says, before it got scrapped, Joel Schumacher's third Batman movie was planned to have a version of Harley Quinn who was the daughter of Jack Nicholson's Joker. They wanted to cast Courtney Love. Oh my goodness. I just think that they should go back to the Joel Schumacher universe and just let him have at let him have at it, you know? Let let's just let's just do it. Let's just embrace the madness, embrace the silliness. Might as well. We need more fun in Hollywood films. Uh the R, what's going on, good sir? Thanks for being a member on the channel and welcome back. I appreciate you. And again, make sure y'all smash the like button, light up fire button on Odyssey. Jacques Lesuave is back over on Odyssey tag to say, here's my stab at making it work. Harley experiments on him with psychedelics, electroshock treatments, and Arthur spaces out into musical dream sequences. I tried. No, Jacques, again, I think that that is absolutely a, a legitimate way to make that work. I think I don't think they're going to do that. Based on just the trends of Hollywood, I don't think that they have a creative bone in their body to be able to pull off something like that. But I, yeah, that's similar to the concept I was coming up with as well, only the opposite. Because I think it'd be actually more interesting. Now, what could, again, okay, let's let's fantasy book this for a second. So it starts off with author, author getting, the Joker getting, psychedelics, electroshock therapy, and... But it can't be every single time. It can't be. It cannot be a large portion of the film. I don't think that they could make it work for large portions. But let's say maybe a, there's a couple of sequences that occur where he spaces out into a musical sequence. But then, as the movie progresses, Joker, in his insanity, is able to start psychologically impacting and affecting Harley Quinn. And it leads to her going insane. And then you could have the culminating event be both of them in a fantasy sequence together. That might be the only other way to make it work. But as I said, I just do not think that uh, they will be able to handle it. Let's see. Awesome one. Time to say Joker 2 should be within the mind of Az. Yes, absolutely. Totally. Yes, Josiah. Absolutely. The back card. Yeah. Never. You know, actually, sorry. I was putting on a Batman voice. That was Batman and Robin where George Clooney played George Clooney with a mask on. And in a George Clooney voice said, yeah, never leave the cave without it. Thanks, George. You basic. Burst Angel <laughs> says, best way to do a musical is if it is a story about Harley falling in love with Joker in Arkham through Harley's eyes. Exactly. Again, it would have to be sequential. It, would, it could not be the entire film. 
and it would have to be through her going insane, essentially. But that is insinuating a lot of trust and putting a lot of trust into Hollywood, which I don't think a lot of us are actually willing to do. Remember Sci-Fi, Patrick Stewart was like the perfect fit to play Mr. Freeze. Some genius thought getting Arnold was the right choice. Well, in many ways, Forever Sci-Fi, in many ways, Arnold was the right choice. Because without Arnold, we would not have Ice to meet you. What killed the dinosaur at the Ice Age? He, he could still be a garbage person, but hey, we have those memories. Victor Fontaine, hail to you. Thank you for being here. Burst Angel, thank you for tagging. Tag to say, uh, also, it would be awesome to show that Harley is just as sick and twisted as Joker. Yes, exactly. As I said, uh, kind of jumping off of Jacques Lesuave's idea, too, I think it would be awesome to have, again, they would have to make it work, which I don't think they could, but to have it where it is kind of like a back and forth, or rather, it's a couple of sequences within the mind of Joker, who is insane, going further insane because of whatever treatment he's getting, but then through that process, him turning Harley insane, and then having it basically be a mutual, a mutual uh, psychotic fantasy, but that is that's putting a lot of trust in them to pull it off, and I just I don't see it. Snorpius Cuber, who's a member, says I am thinking about going to the Orlando meetup, but my Orlando phobia may kick in and make me stay safely tucked into my own cave. Hey, I totally understand that. As someone that has my own issues with anxiety. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if I'll be there. Let's see. 70B says, Hi, I was way late. I'll be absent this weekend because it's Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Thank you. Yeah. Kind of, ins- I, I, I'm still not quite used to it because it's not technically, it's not my, yeah, it's not my first Father's Day, but it is still kind of just odd because it's like, I am a, I am a father. I am a dad. What is this madness? I got, I got the message, uh, I got the letter the other day about my 15-year high school reunion, and I was like, what is this? What is this madness? And now all the comments about 15 years, oh, you think you're, you think you're. Well, I feel like I'm old, so. And I feel it. Because I feel it, it means it's real. 70B, though, thank you. I don't know if I'll be having a Saturday live stream just because I don't know how I could possibly make the logistics of that work. Um, I know that Saturday at 2 p.m., we will have a Friday Night Tights panel. So we'll be able to have a panel at the con that was announced earlier today. So that's 2 p.m. at the con in Dallas. But other than that, I don't really know what the plan is for the day or evening. I don't know if we're going to try and get dinner or do anything else. I have no idea. So let's just assume that there will not be a Saturday stream. I will have a Good Morning Asgard stream tomorrow. And then other than that, Friday Night Tights. And those are probably the only streams that I will have up until next Tuesday morning with the Good Morning Asgard stream then. So tomorrow morning and then nothing on the channel likely until next week. Let's see. Orange Eye Reviews, whose member says, my favorite musical is and always will be The Phantom of the Opera. It's a great note. If we're talking about actual musicals, it's a great one. Movie? Uh, no, I'm not as good of a movie. Not really as good of a movie. Gerard Butler can do a lot of things. Singing really isn't one of them. Anyway, Rob D., 
Uh, if they do a sequel to Joker, I don't think it should be Joker 2. should be another movie based on another comic character in the same style. I love a Green Arrow movie. Or a properly done Harley Quinn. We, we still haven't really gotten that yet. Because there were some moments of potential with the Margot Robbie Harley Quinn in the first Suicide Squad film. Again, she was the best part of that film. But then after that, everything they did with her character was was pretty garbage. So we, we actually could use a, a good Harley Quinn origin story. So I don't think we're going to get that. Because <laughs> again, if they did it the way that we've already kind of fantasy booked here on the stream, maybe it'd actually be worth seeing. But uh, I don't think they're going to do it. Yeah, my, my favorite musical, if it's not, if we're not talking about a movie musical, but I was just talking about like a, a musical of all time. Ooh, I love Singing in the Rain. It's just a classic. There's just so many great moments in the musical. So that's probably where I would go with that. Let's see, Hound 3000 says, that's the reason I didn't watch Stranger Things. Yeah, again, I know a lot of people. Uh, it, it's It's not everyone's genre. It's typically not my genre either, but I was actually able to find actually a lot of enjoyment in it. Super says, essentially the clip I was talking about on Twitter, if you want to watch, I'll have to watch it after stream because we're actually getting pretty close to uh, the end, like about 10 more minutes, and there are still a lot of comments that I need to get to. Chris from the 80s, hail to you. Thanks for joining. Rob D, time to say, the 30 out of 45 minute Star Wars episodes make no sense. Disney would uh, make Star by Star a 600-plus page book into a 50-minute episode. That book would need a four-hour Zack Snyder cut. Well, I would say a four-hour cut. Take Zack Snyder out of it because I don't want Zack Snyder near any other movies for all time. Just being honest. I'm not a Snyder fan at all. Haven't been really ever in my life. So I, I could use... I'm fine with a longer cut of anything, but just don't put Zack Snyder in charge, and I think we'll be okay. But I totally agree with the sentiment in general. Yeah, Disney has no idea how to make any shows because they have no idea how to actually develop characters or tell good stories. And one of the biggest telltales of that is the fact that they tell these short episodes, these short episodic stories that are not are not well constructed and are are, are, are somehow when you have when you have those kinds of episodes where they're already so short and then you have fluff in them. Like, that, that is just ridiculous. It's one thing for you to have Stranger Things where you get six or seven episodes of an hour and 15 minutes episodes. So you get over, what, six, seven hours of content. It's one thing to have random fluff in those episodes from time to time. At least you're getting something for it. At, le- at least you're, you're giving the fans something, right, to, to kind of sink their teeth into, which justifies that kind of work. But Disney doesn't do that at all. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. And I don't like it. Let's see. Digital Remnant says, "Interested? interesting that splitting Stranger Things up will give it more legs on social media. Hmm? Uh, are you, if you're trying to bring up the uh, binge model versus the uh, <laughs> weekly model, I, I've already made my own. I think I think they both both models have their positives to them. I think both models have their positives to them because here's the thing. Though one could argue that having it be released weekly keeps it in the discussion longer, I can't tell you how many people have said, I'm waiting for it to finish and then to binge watch it. So 
it's again, I think that there's positives and negatives to both. Ultimately, I, I honestly do not think there is one single uh, best model. I really don't. Remember, if you have a comment or a question, just put at Odin at the very beginning of the comment. And let me know you're trying to get my attention. Daniel Thorne says, Top Gun is now highest grossing film of 2022. Yeah, we talked about that, which is pretty cool. Pretty, pretty cool. Texas Roadhouse. That's a chain. I've been to a Texas Roadhouse in, in Louisiana. <laughs> not not really something I, I would think is, is worth going to in Texas personally, just because I've already been in other states. It's a chain. Remember, Sci-Fi says, I'll take a good brisket over a hamburger any day. Again, good barbecued brisket, absolutely. But I'll take, I will take barbecued pulled pork any day. That's what I love. There's a great place here. It is, it's a, it is a chain. Um, but I, I think it's more of a regional chain or a, a mini chain. Uh, it's called Puckets, and their pulled pork is so good. I I don't even need to add barbecue sauce. That's when you know something's good. Let's see. Soul Assassin says, make sure to visit Bucky's while in Texas. Yeah, I saw a video about that. Uh, I forgot who. Um, I think it was what uh, Krista and Jay went there. I don't really know much about it, so. Uh, Super says, no judgment here. Goldfish slap. Who's judging goldfish? Goldfish are amazing. There is. Selena agrees. Goldfish are the bomb. Absolutely. They are phenomenal. All right. Andrew Hayes says, Texas has some really great barbecue places. Make sure you stop at least at Bucky's uh, gas station. They are huge gas stations. Any movies you are looking forward to for the rest of the year? Uh, so Andrew Hayes, I've actually done a couple of shows and segments where I've actually talked about the movies for the rest of the year. The only uh, other than terror on the prairie, which is coming out in five minutes. So for anyone who's looking to watch the film, it's premiering in just five minutes. So I'm either going to be able to watch it tonight and get a review out tonight, or I'll watch it sometime tomorrow. Um, depending on what the, depending on what Freya wants to do. Um, family first always but I don't know off the top of my head couldn't tell you I was looking forward to Top Gun Maverick and it delivered uh, hands down and I was so happy that it did and I'm sure that many people will be able to name some movies that I've either mentioned previously or I'm not thinking of at the moment ultimately yeah that's what it would be right absolutely Laura it would be Joker 2 the search for more money and additional to that, it would be Joker 2, the attempt at more money and its subsequent failure. If they go in the direction that they're likely to go in. Burst Angel says, Harley was always insane. Joker enabled it, but it was already there. See, again, that's why I always need that help from people that are comics, uh, comics background and uh, comics, uh, comics smart, as it were. I did not grow up with the comics. So I always assumed that she was a psychologist or psychiatrist, and was turned insane. That's that's how it was always came across to me. Uh, Madison says, if you go to a Whataburger, you have to try the spicy ketchup. Trust me, it's a thing. I don't really like regular ketchup, to be honest. To me, a good burger is good with just meat, cheese, and a bun. If it can't be good with just those simple items, it's not worth my time. Let's see, Awesome One says, Happy Birther of a Baby Day. I'm pretty sure that would be Mother's Day. Because 
I didn't birth the child. <laughs> I helped in the conception. That's about all. That's about all I can say. And that's where I'm going to leave it. Uh, Soul Assassin, 15 years. It's not an age. It's the mileage. Yeah, very true. Very, very true. Uh, let's see. Tina says, and I told you the other day, I won't be available this weekend either. Father's Day and Juneteenth. Yep, absolutely. Um, and so, as I said, probably won't be live anyway. So it's a good weekend for that. Uh, first sci-fi, they keep trying to turn Harley Quinn into some kind of anti-hero. She doesn't work well without Joker. Agreed. But then again, they can't tell that story anymore. You cannot tell a story in today's world where a woman needs a man. It's taboo nowadays. All right, who is worse? Gerard Butler in Phantom of the Opera or Russell Crowe in Les Mis? Oh, easily Russell Crowe. Come on. That's, that's, that is not even a fair... That's not even a fair question. Gerard Butler can at least hold his own on a couple of moments. Uh, rather, in on even... Gerard Butler is okay about 50% of the time in his songs, whereas I can't even give you the amount of seconds of even being passable that Russell Crowe <laughs> is in Les Mis. The only thing I can remember from Les Mis is his song on the bridge where he says, I am done. That's all I remember from that. <laughs> all right. All right, we're, we're just about at time, so I'm going to try and get through these last comments and questions. So please hold, please hold any comments or questions, unless they've already been asked. Forever Sci-Fi says, I love the 80s nostalgia Stranger Things, but it was the story of the first season that uh, made me love the show. Absolutely, the first season is still far superior to anything else. I actually don't hate seasons two or three. I think that the reason why two and three are often seen more negatively is because there's more bad episodes, if that makes sense. So I still think the seasons overall are good, but it's just they're not as solid as season one, if that makes any sense. And uh, but this season, I would I would say is probably the second best. Let's see. Bruce tagged to say, I will have to bail when Gina is back. Tear on the Prairie World premiere event coming in eight minutes. Hey, totally understand. I'm trying to get off so that way everyone has the opportunity to go as well in just about a minute. Ryan Dole says, is there any musical that you feel made a flawless transition into a movie. Uh, let's see. I guess I'd have to go back to the classics. I don't remember whether the stage version or movie came first or not, but I think Singing in the Rain did a seamless transition. That's the one I'm going to go with. All right. We're just, we're, we're at time, so I'm trying to get through as many as I can. I might have to skip a couple. Andrew Hayes says, I really believe that the Disney Star Wars and Marvel shows are written by old Disney kid show writers. The quality is very similar. Um, I actually would disagree. I just think that instead, it's just being written by people who that are social justice warriors and got their degrees in some type of social science and are trying to push that. Harvey says, in the book, the Phantom of the Opera had a skull-like face, no nose, and eyes that glowed in darkness like a cat. Only adaptation in which he looks like that in the book is Lon Chaney movie. Yep, I've heard about that before. Uh, awesome one, tag to say. Pick me up, by the, uh, by the way. I live in West Tennessee. West Tennessee. Madison, have you ever been to Bucky's Convenience Store? If you haven't, on your road, it's a must. I have not been there before, so I will definitely... Put that on my uh, to-do list. Probably will do that on the way back since I'm more in a time crunch on the way in. So, uh, or, or while I'm there, potentially. 
Daniel Thorne, uh, Star Wars Theory and Nerd Theory did a review of the first four Kenobi episodes, and they are not happy. I'm surprised considering who they are. Yeah, well, at the end of the day, especially with Star Wars Theory, he definitely he has these shill-like moments, but I think it's more that he is a forever optimist. So the fact that they were actually able to get him to the point in with whether whether it's in the movies or with the shows as well to actually you know be upset is is kind of i think the biggest the biggest evidence that i can show about how truly bad these things are um anyway i really need to get through these things anyway tina says bucky's has the cleanest restrooms in the world and that is the truth bucky's is an enormous convenience store with everything okay cool 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 all right, I am going to start. I'm sorry. I got to skip. I got to skip comments, people, because I am well past time. Uh, so, again, if you left a comment and I skipped it, I apologize. But I do want to get to this super chat from Shane Bentley. Thank you very much for the $10 super chat. Super chat. He says, hail to my Christian brother, Odin. I must say, I always appreciate your perspective during Friday Night Tights. With that said, please tell Jeremy, go dogs. Next time you see him, he'll appreciate it. <laughs> okay. I'll probably I'll probably just tell him uh No, he likes Alabama. So I guess I'll just tell him like what? Gokes Tigers? No, I don't like that either. So I guess I'll go with that. Go dogs. <laughs> Shane Bentley, thank you for that super chat, man. I uh, very much appreciate it a lot. So yeah, it sounds like uh the one thing I can get from this, especially with Dallas, is that on the way I need to go to a Bucky's or a Bussies or whatever it's pronounced. I don't know exactly how it's pronounced, but I want to say thank you to everyone for joining tonight. This was a hopping stream. You kept me on my toes throughout. Was not able even to catch up with the chat at the very end, so thank y'all. Huge shout, of course, to Tina and Steph. My Valks were amazing. Shout out, of course, to Laura, the Modern Major General of the channel as well, one of my mods, uh, and to all the members who joined this evening, to all the people in the chat that joined this evening as well. Wherever you're watching, thank you. Smash the like button, light up fire button on Odyssey. It's been awesome. So just to go over the schedule again, tomorrow morning, good morning, Asgard stream, 9 a.m. Eastern time. On Thursday, I will then be going off on the road early, heading over to Dallas to be in there on time, ideally, for the meetup in the evening in Dallas. So Friday Night Tights meetup tomorrow, uh, rather, uh, Friday Night Tights meetup Thursday evening. Be there for that. And then on Friday, we'll have Friday Night Tights where we will all be together. Most of us from the Friday Night Tights crew will be together doing a stream, which will be fun. Uh, and then, of course, we found out earlier today we will have a panel at the con at Fan Expo at 2 p.m. Uh, Central Time at Fan Expo in Dallas. And I won't have another stream probably until next Tuesday morning. So thank you all so very much for your love and for your attention. And, uh, yeah, if you are going to Dallas, let me know. If you would like a rosary, I'm going to try and make as many as I can before I leave. And uh, I'm going to make sure to make enough for the Friday Night Tights crew. But any extras that I have, I'll have them available. So if you want one, let me know. I'll try and get them blessed before I leave as well. And if I can't, then I might be able to get a certain Father Christopher Miller, who is also heading to Dallas. He's a priest. He can do these things. And to have him bless them instead. Anyway, thank you all very much for being here. I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your evening. And as always, God bless. And now for a huge special shout out to my June Keeper of the Bifrost and Chosen of Valhalla level members, Brandon, let's go Brandon, Christopher Bowman, Garrett Searles, Hymir Irie Hymason, Jeff Toon, Joe Horn, Jonathan Carney, Laura, the Modern Major General Story, Father Luca, Mike Jackson, for the win. 
Mad Mitch Dunaway, or in chat reviews. Make sure to check out his YouTube channel. He just hit 1,000 subscribers. Rosetta Allen, check out her YouTube channel as well. Stan Andrian, Miss Martin Muses, check out her YouTube channel. And also, of course, the amazing Tina B, Empress of the Universe. Check out her YouTube channel, especially her show, Soup to Nuts, that she does with the amazing Stephanie B. Thank you all very much for supporting me over on Patreon. And a huge shout out to all of my subscribers as well over on Subscribestar at at these levels, Matt three one seven Storm Tracker the R Fast Reaction Mister Roy and also of course J Rod the Beer Guru and ZK Man you guys are amazing and a last shout out to my locals members we have Miss Minnesota Hockey Fan how about a hockey player we have Mike Jackson for the win once again Robert Barnes and Brett D. 90. So I want to say thank you again for being my members at the Keeper of the Bifrost level and the Chosen of Valhalla levels. If you want your name especially shouted out at the end of every single video and live stream, please check out my links at the Patreon and Subscribestar. Uh, you can find those in the top link in the video description, the Willow link as I like to call it. We can also get access to things like giveaways, things like the podcast I do with John the Flick Pick Flickinger and other cool stuff like that. Anyway, thank you all very much for supporting me for the month of June. You're all amazing and and beautiful people, hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day. And as always, God bless.